Yeah. Um, okay, so hi everybody. My name is Vicki. I'm Bree. And my name is Lynn. And so we're, we're we are telling on ourselves. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have Three big arms. Wins. Look at look at chicken bone. Chicka, 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 chicka. <laughs> Three for the win. <laughs> Those are called alas, your wings. Allah. Allah, Allah, Allah. I never had those before. They're new. <laughs> They're the gift of COVID that keeps on giving. Them COVID the wings. In your, your mid-40s. <laughs> Hello, mid-40s. I now have wings. <laughs> <laughs> it's called floppy flush, and um, I need to do some exercise to get rid of that shit. Yep. Well, here we are back on the Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Zoom, 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 and boom, boom. Oh, yeah, we are Zooming tonight. I guess I didn't really even like, yeah, think about that. We dipped our toes into the getting together pond, and then damn if we didn't have to take them back out. Yeah, I've got a friend whose dad has COVID right now. So. It's like finally real to me because I finally know someone directly who has it because before it was just kind of like my brother. Um, oh, your brother. That's true. Okay. So that's two people. How is Jerry doing? He's fine. Got through it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So here we are. Yeah. And, and ironically talking today about recreating ourselves. Yes. Coming out of the cocoon as a butterfly. Which is what we all need to do is recreate a new normal. Yeah. Break out of our chrysalis. Yeah, I was going to say it's not a cocoon. It's a chrysalis, right? Yeah. But before we do that, we're going to do first thought wrong. Yes, we are. I win this week. I had a horrible, it's Brie. I had a horrible first thought wrong this week. Actually, last night. Well, it all started when this girl couldn't do her job right. No, <laughs> but that's what I was thinking. So I have a colleague and I have to use her to do my job. Like I, like my job largely depends on her ability to produce the work fast and efficiently. And her job is also to seek answers for problems that I have, which I know sounds kind of weird. Like, why wouldn't I seek my own answers for the problems? But it's like, she's back end, I'm front end kind of. So if I have problems with what's going on on the back end, I have no idea how to fix those. So I really rely on her to do her best job possible to get me answers so that I can help the customer. And she's like the technology part of it? She's She's more like the publication part. So like, you know, we do digital advertising. So she's in charge of like, I I tell her what changes need to be made. And then she actually publishes those changes. So when something's not publishing right, I'm like, hey, this is wrong. Fix it. And she's like, well, I don't know why it's wrong. And I'm like, well, I definitely don't know why it's wrong. You know, I rely on her to seek those answers because I'm not familiar with the backside of the publication at all. So I've been working on this project, trying to get this thing done for a customer for maybe like for two different customers. They're having the same problem for months now, for months. And I just got to a point yesterday where after going back and forth via email, basically I felt like she was telling me, I don't know what the answer is. This, it could be like 15 different solutions. 
try each one and see if you can figure it out, Brie. That's kind of what was happening. And I'm like, not my job, not my job to figure it out. You figure it out and you give me the one solution that works. Um, so I was at this point, it was like the end of the day it had been already been a long day and I just, man, I kind of lost it. So I called my manager. Thank goodness. I didn't lose it on her, even though we, our emails were starting to get to the point of being snippy. Um, it was like, she was throwing the ball back in my court and I was like, uh, no, your ball, throwing it back to her. She's throwing <laughs> it back to me. So finally I called my manager and I just, whoa, I like went off and really, I, I I didn't curse or anything, but I was very passionate about my dissatisfaction with the processes in place. And my manager, darn it, if she just didn't sit there and listen to me and say, okay, I'll, I'll send an email to her manager and we'll try to get it figured out. I'll go through her manager. And that's like all it took, like I didn't need to be screaming and I didn't, I mean, I wasn't like screaming, screaming, but you know, I had a lot of passion in my voice and I was definitely sounding very passive aggressive and aggressive instead of just like assertive and like, Hey, this is the problem. And can you help me? I was kind of like name calling a little bit too. Like she's so incompetent, you know, like I shouldn't have done that. It just looked totally unprofessional all around. And obviously it's to my manager. So that just like the fact that I just like blew my lid and, and lost it in front of her was just super embarrassing. And then today I come into work and there's an email from her, that girl's manager, basically like, this is the solution and this is what we're going to (laughs) do. You would think second thought, right? Nope. Reply to that email. Like forward it over to my manager and say, finally, why did it take so, so, so now from now on, in order to get anything done, I have to ask you for help, blah, blah, blah. You know, like I just kept going, kept going. So first and second thoughts were wrong. And then after that, um, I did talk to my manager and I was like, Hey, thank you so much for your help. I'm really sorry if I got a little passionate like yesterday, I should have been able to, um, communicate my feelings in a more calm, reasonable way. Like, thank you so much for helping me get that done. It was something that was really weighing on me clearly. Um, and I just want to apologize for kind of losing it at, you know, on you at the end of the day. And she's like, Oh, no problem. I totally understand your frustration, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's so understanding and sweet, but yeah. So that was my first thought wrong is sometimes you have to, what do we always say? Restraint of pen and tongue. Like I should have just taken a deep breath thought about, okay, how busy this girl must be. I mean, I'm sure she's busy. She, she actually works for like everybody in my office, like all 25 of us send her all of our shit and are like, Hey, fix all this. Like she is the one person who kind of then delegates it to other people. Um, so yeah, I, I felt really bad about it afterwards. I hope she doesn't get in trouble. So, but she probably will. (laughs) So but if she's not doing her job, you know, right. I mean, it needs to be, if it needed to be escalated, you escalated it. You might not have done it in a pretty way, but you did. And, you know. And you were frustrated and that, you know, and that led to the reacting instead of responding. So right. it was, it sounds like it was a good lesson learned and you still got the results that you needed at the end of the day. Oh, totally. And I, but I, I am going to reflect on that, like in the future, really just need to 
say what I need and say it in a respectful way and not completely Mm -hmm. trash someone and drag them through the mud just because I'm unhappy with what they're doing, you know, like, yeah. And not be personal. Those are old patterns, old behaviors. Those are not cute. And those are definitely not, um, not classy, not classy, not honorable to who I want to be today because today I have recreated myself. Yes, you have. Do tell. Yes. How did you do that? Redemption today. Redemption. Restoration. Restoration station. I have a definition for the recreation station. Ooh. Ooh. I do. So, um, you know, tell me. I had to dig around a little bit, but. I found to the definition of uh, to recreate is what I looked up is to restore, create and give new life to. So then I did a little more digging and I found um, this. It was actually a website for a recovery uh, facility and they were kind of doing like their uh, mission statement. And in there I found recovery is introducing healthier coping skills and behaviors in one's life. So basically what we're doing in recovery is recreating ourselves, giving new life to that has new coping skills and new behaviors so we can live a better life and, and grow to our potential. Right. Right. I like that. Yeah. I, I, you know what that kind of reminds me of? It also just makes me think of like self-awareness, like acquiring self-awareness was a huge part of recreating myself without self-awareness. I can't make any changes. I'm still living in mm-hmm. thinking that what I'm doing is okay and how I'm living is fine. And as long as I'm not hurt, who cares about the rest of you? Um, so I think the first part of my recreation was just awareness, self-awareness. Yeah. That's and good. And you know what sucked about that self-awareness at the beginning was I was so very hyper aware of what a jerk I had been and what a liar I was. And it was really, um, there was a lot of battering ram situations where I just, that self-awareness part isn't part of the recreation to me. It was part of the, okay, I need to fucking recreate my damn self because I am a hot mess express, you know, like, Oh, but you can't get there until you get there. It's it's like that thing that my sponsor always says. You you have the feeling, then the contemplation, and then the change. Ugh. I like that feeling, contemplation, and then change. And um, when I think about my life now in recovery, I think about how things are just different. And I wouldn't say every day is better or worse because I think that's too black and white. There's just a whole lot of gray of everything that I look at today. It's like I look through different lens. It's like my, well, my brain is changing. It's like I'm, I'm creating these new wagon wheel ruts, these new neuropaths. So I do perceive the world so differently. All right. So tell me this, girls, one at a time. One, one at a time, please. Tell me what you feel like the first area maybe of your life when you first started to like consciously recreate yourself. Well, for me, it was relationships, I think, just because it was so immediate. You know, I was like living at home with my parents and recreating my 
my interact or my relationship with them. Yeah. And how I, how I treated them because, you know, you always hurt and it's so easy to hurt the people that are closest to you. And I was just a ball of fury and rage. Old Brie was. And when I had some self-awareness of my behavior, now that I was sober and could look back and think at all of those terrible times that they got the brunt of my unhappiness and which would morph into, if I didn't get my way, rage and anger, man, I felt awful. And so they were, that was the first area I kind of recreated my life was with my relationship with my parents. And thank God for that because they are very patient people, you know, usually your parents are going to be patient with you, uh, or with their, you know, their children, I guess, if you, if you have that relationship, if you're, if you're fortunate to have that. So that's but kind you of, kind of struck the lottery, right? Like yeah. you, you hit the lottery in a bad way because, well, it wasn't the lottery. It was kind of like expected. You were born of two alcoholic parents. So <laughs> the likelihood of you being an alcoholic is rather high, but in terms of you hit the lottery because they are both in recovery. So they understand that this like breaking down of who we are and building back up process is a fucking process. Oh yeah. So I think that probably has a little bit to do with their patience. I mean, I always wanted to be somebody that was calm and thoughtful and um, proactive and not always reactive. And I can finally be that when I took the drugs and alcohol away and gathered some self-awareness through working the steps and, and having good people, smart people around, watching what they did. Oh, this is how sober women act. You know, the, I had good examples, people teaching me and think, you know, I was attracted to that. I was super attracted to it. So thank goodness for that. And, um, taking responsibility for my actions so that it doesn't, it's not my mom and dad's fault. And so that was like the first area for me. How about you, Lynn? Um, thinking about that, I think the big thing that helped me like, um, take off the shackles, if you will, was living an honest life, like getting honest, becoming honest, uh, owning the things that I had either led people to believe or, and I, I've talked about this a lot with you guys, how I had this facade of everything's okay. And I, I even fooled my therapist. I mean, she didn't know until I told her I was an alcoholic, um, so to finally be okay with being vulnerable and being honest when I allowed myself to do that, that opened the door for my new life that, where I didn't have that pressure of having to always um, live up to whatever it is in my mind. I built myself up to what I thought people expected of me, not what they did, but what I built it up to in my mind. So being honest um, was by far like my biggest um, first stepping stone into this new life. What about you, Vic? Well, you know, I you guys have triggered a lot of memories and a lot of things that that really um hit home. And for me, I think the the recreation process wasn't quick. It didn't happen right off the bat. There was a lot of um defiance if you will, because, okay, a lot of times in the program, they talk about self-knowledge 
is almost a hindrance when we're too, when we pick it apart too much and when we don't go with the flow of the, um, go with the flow of the spirituality part of the program. I think that held me back so much from that recreating process. And I remember there's this guy that was in meetings that I went to a lot and he always used to say just how amazing the adventure of recovery is. And you never know what's going to happen or who you're going to be or how you're going to end up. And you get to, you know, he was very profoundly in my embedded in my head about it. And then I, um, I had a sponsor that I really think that's where I learned how to have a relationship, right? I didn't do it at home because I just avoided. I was, when I was in early recovery, I couldn't deal with other human beings very well. I would just, it was better for me not to, because I was pissed off. I was angry. I was sad. I was mad. I was all these feelings and I just shut down. Like, and if I blew up, is when I exploded, like rageaholic, like I would rage out and yell and be ridiculous. So instead of doing that, I kind of just hid in my room. I did what I was supposed to do for AA. I went to lots and lots of meetings. And then once once I really truly surrendered, I guess, and I started to learn how to have a relationship with my sponsor, and I started to like talk about my feelings and not be so angry. I think that was when the ball got rolling. And honestly, I think it took about six months for me to even get there. Like, I think I was so defiant against the fact that I can't do this. And I'm, I'm, this is just not for me, but I would still do it. And I would still come to meetings. And I mean, mm-hmm. if you guys would have seen me, you would laugh your butts off. I am a completely different person. Like, on, yeah, I was just going to say unrecognizable. I, I mean, I was, I was such a, I would go to this five o'clock meeting and we would always sit in the same place. And I mean, I am not kidding. When I used to tell you, I would, I would bang my fists on the table. Like I would be like, this is not happening or I don't want to do this or why do I have to do this? Are you kidding me? And I would be like, that's fucking bullshit. Like I would get crazy and and they would just laugh at me. And you know how I bounce up and down? Like when I get nervous at meetings, I would just like, I would basically be bouncing the entire meeting. I would get up every time to go to the bathroom. I mean, I was just, and I would run out of there when the meeting was over and I would run in when the meeting started. And I I was just so unpenetratable in terms of letting anyone come into my life. And then I slowly let my sponsor, but I had my sister, I had my sister in my pocket so I could go to her and I could like kind of bounce things off of her, but I did the work. I just didn't like it. And I would be a total, like, I wasn't a bitch, but I was bitchy. You know, I wasn't mean to people, but I was like, no. And I didn't think I was better than, that's not what I thought. I didn't think I was better than, I just thought I was so much more broken that I couldn't do it the way they could do it. And I didn't buy the God shit and all that stuff. So, so that took me a long time, but I think once i started to finally see that I needed to really let go because I think what was happening, I was just holding on so tight to, to my, um, I was holding on so tight to my lack, I guess. And I, I think when I let go of that and just let the, 
the program in a little bit and let what you guys were saying come in without fighting it so hard is when I started to change and, and recreate and, and I allowed it a little bit. And I think my first place was in my job. My first place where I saw the actual, like I was doing different things on a daily basis. I was able to um, be disciplined. I was able to create integrity. I was able to not lie or not be as insecure. And, and I think for me, that's where I really practiced because I couldn't take it to my home because my home was so broken and there wasn't recovery in my home, you know, like my, um, my, who I was living with wasn't, didn't speak that language either. I married someone that, you know, was that married me when I was like that. So, you know, it's kind of like there was no tools. We didn't, we didn't have any tools together on how to deal with life and relationships. So it just, it was a journey and it, and, and I, I will say it did not happen early. I, I wish it happened to me sooner. I wish I was more open, but I wasn't, but you know, in a way I don't wish that because I think it made my desire for it and, and it made the letting of it so much stronger because I finally like, Oh, you know, I finally really opened cause I kind of opened to come in, you know, it was like that crack that they talk about, but then mm -hmm. I finally was in and I was like, this sucks. Okay. I, I just, I can't fight it anymore. I cannot, we stopped, we ceased fighting everything and, and everyone and you know, but it was hard. Yeah. Um, so while you were talking, I was thinking about um, when I uh, got sober, by the way, three years yesterday, July I was going to say happy anniversary at the end. Yeah, three years yesterday. Um, and my first sponsor said at your anniversary, think about you, what you were doing three years and a day ago, you know, um, and that always helps ground me. But I was... Um, I was given the gift of desperation. So I was, I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to not be in that situation anymore. And it was, you know, the fear and terror and humiliation of losing another job, not having a place to live, not having income, disappointing my friends and family, you know, all the things I'm like, I, I, I can't, what I've been doing is not working, obviously. And even though I thought I could beat it, I can't, you know, it's bigger than me and I need more than this. So I came in completely open, like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. But then I left Alaska and I came back here and I kind of lost my way and I got a sponsor because I knew I needed to locally and went to a couple of meetings and then I went to this retreat and that's when I met uh, my tribe. I met Vicki and some other people and I think if I hadn't started becoming open to new possibilities, I could have never trusted you guys. I would have never, you know, been able to be open to believing that someone could care about me if I didn't do anything in return. And going to that Sunday morning meeting, you know, and that when I met all the people there, I'm like, this, this is home. And, you know, then... Bree and Vicki and I, we all started working together on the podcast not too much longer. And um, I had to learn how to trust people and, and, and believe that they love me just for me, that I didn't have to do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> That's the beauty of recovery, I think. I was waiting for Bree and she was waiting for me, adventures in Zoom. Um, I think that's the beauty of recovery. And I think that 
what's so cool about a program of recovery, no matter what it is, no matter what program it is, is that we've all been through something ugly to get here. So that mm-hmm. judgment of each other is is not there. There, there mm-hmm. simply isn't judgment towards people. And it's very interesting because think about your your first thought wrong, Brie. Th- that hasn't totally, like, it still comes up in life. I still have judgment in life about other people. But with the program, it's almost like, it's like we get this past with each other because we know that our past was so friggin' screwy. And I mean, at the same time, we don't allow bad behavior. You know, we, we, we all are pretty respectful, but there's something there, that lack of judgment. And, and I think sometimes that judgment comes from a place of love. Like I think our parents judge us because they don't want us to hurt ourselves. I think our friends can be judgmental in our decisions because they're worried about us and they don't want to see us fail. But especially what I'm going through now, there is no judgment. When you guys say no judgment, I know you mean it, right? I still have self, self pride, you know, I'm still prideful of myself and I don't like sharing things, but I know that there really truly isn't judgment. And I can't say that I know that with every single human in my life. That's, that's not you guys. Right. Absolutely. I think, Trusting you guys as well helped me learn about myself in a way that I didn't feel like I could fail about learning about myself. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but it was like, there was no consequence to exploring exactly who I am and what I like. It was like a safe space to be weird, be goofy, say what was on my mind, express fears um and really truly learn what I actually like like not what I like just because other people like it and it's cool because I did a lot of that and it was so eye-opening to me when I realized that a lot of the stuff I liked I didn't really like I just liked it because I thought that's what people liked I couldn't tell you how many times I tried to get into certain types of music because the crowd I hung out with would would listen to certain types of music like I'm not a deadhead I'm just not like I don't I don't not like them and I know this is such a small trivial like example or whatever but it just you know but I'd be like yeah cool grateful dead it's like I liked everything that everybody else liked just because they liked it and now I'm like, no, I grew up with the Spice Girls. I like the fucking Spice Girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm That's proud right. about it. I'm proud. No. If you want to be my lover. I do want to be a lover. But that's, I mean, that's a silly example, but, it, you know, also going into like, okay, what do I like in a partner? What do I like in friends? What do I value in, you know, just my day-to-day routine? Like, what are things that make me happy? because all I knew was that smoking weed every day and then drinking that made me happy, like, you know, manufactured, you know, to cover up all the pain kind of happy. Um, But that's, I didn't know who I truly was. So this like sobriety and the people around me that I surrounded myself with gave me an opportunity to start figuring some of that stuff out. Yeah. Get it girl. 
and it's fun, right? Like, oh, this could be an adventure. And oh, I can look at this different. And oh, this is a fresh start. And, you know, once I started to allow that to happen and really be someone else and like, and I'm saying like a lot too, and, um, and discover what I, I actually enjoyed and didn't enjoy and, and who I wanted. And a lot of the exercises that aren't in the steps, but that we do in recovery through these other books that we read, you know, there's, a, there's several daily reflections. And there's one in particular called The Language of Letting Go that is by Karen Casey. And I highly recommend it, whether you're in the program or not, because it's a really good, um, it's good advice on how to be yourself or how to discover yourself, right? And I think that a lot of that stuff of discovery letting that happen and realizing that that I'll figure it out or higher power will show me or being open to the flow, I think also allowed me to, to do that. But I really like what you said about how the people that you were around and trusting the people that you were around really mm-hmm. helped you feel safe in being that weird, awkward, awesome, you know, person that we are and and that we are awesome all in our own different way it's funny the trust thing has come up for me a lot in this last week talking to my sponsee and talking to my sponsor and I thought that I was a pretty trusting person Um, I like to take things at face value and I'm going to believe that until you show me to believe something differently is kind of my philosophy with people but even though I would extend that to people I didn't take it for myself does that make sense? It's like I, I would trust people on face value, but I didn't expect them to show me that same kindness. Or you didn't um, think they would trust you? That okay. I wasn't worthy of it, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, that, and that's like from... You have to earn it instead of just, you know, but nobody else has to earn it for you. You just correct. give it to them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, what I am discovering is that people do show me the same kindness and it's kind of that judge-free zone. It's all the same thing. We come into the program and when we start working it and walking the walk, everything becomes unconditional. It's not just about love. It's like, there's no strings. We, We just show up. We show up and we try to be ourselves and all of us accept each other. And I know it sounds like a big love fest, kumbaya, let's hold hands together, but it really is kind of that simple and that we we celebrate just the unconditional and everything. Well, and I mean, I hate to be the, the, the bubble popper, but I think it's also because we're all trying to do that for ourselves, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, w- maybe our motives aren't totally altruistic in that <laughs> lack of judgment. It's like, maybe we're doing that because nobody did it to us. So it's, it's like, I don't really care what you have going on. I'm here for you. I'll listen to you. I'll be there for you. But really, it's about me being in recovery. So I'm focused <laughs> on my shit. So if you want to do your crazy over there, go ahead and do it. I love you anyways. <laughs> Yeah, I think it is a little smidge of that too. <laughs> I mean, I love watching other people come into their crazy too. Just like you said, like, okay, you go do you over there. <laughs> well, that's why first thought wrong is so appealing to me, right? Because we all do it. And and it's kind of funny because we we had somebody that early on that said, God, you guys are hard on yourselves, right? But mm-hmm. 
but what the way we live is if we're not hard on ourselves, we can make being difficult or make being a brat or make being um, a rageaholic very much a part of our days. So if we don't notice it and we don't find going back to Bree's self-awareness, we don't find awareness of that, that intuitive sense that, oh crap, I really probably shouldn't have done that. Um, uh Oh, gotta backtrack. Yeah. And and when you find yourself with a couple of good, juicy rationalizations in a day, then, you know, you might need to evaluate what's going on. I wish I could (laughs) remember my conversation. I had a conversation with Lynn the other day and I was talking about all kinds of feelings that I was having and, and they were all kinds of crazy and nonsense. And she goes, God, that's a whole lot of first thought wrongs. And I can't even remember one of them. And I'm like, yeah, we have a first thought wrong. But then Brie came and stole my thunder. Yeah. You can re- try to remember them for next week. Uh, of course. I'm sure. And I'm sure I'll have many new ones. <laughs> There's no need to worry that we won't uh, keep on having our first thought wrongs, that's for sure. But this this beautiful life of of the gift of recreating um, who we are, what we want to be, what a gift, you know? And I guess, I guess because of the anniversary and my birthday was a couple of weeks ago too, um, just kind of reflecting on how lucky I am, um, it's just a gift, and I'm happy to be in the now, in all the crazy well, and uncertainty. And the cool part about two things, I'm going to say. One, the cool part about recovery is that you constantly get to recreate yourself. And you get to change your mind. And you get to go back and say you're sorry or make restitution for your behavior. But you get to do it one day at a time because that's when we live in the present. And that's why all these like religious or spiritual teachers are so right because it doesn't matter what you did the past is the past all you can do is now so every day every one of us that's on this planet can recreate a different us we can do it it is possible we can recreate our present anytime we want we can't recreate the past and we can't recreate the future but we can change in the moment we can like I can go off on my kids about you don't listen to me or whatever the, the fight is about. But I can also say, well, it's not their job necessarily or whatever and change in, in that moment. Stop, stop that, stop that behavior. And, and I think for me, recovery is about unbecoming, right? But then becoming too, about becoming something that I like, liking myself. I mean, that's really what, what the gift is. And the gift is that we get to keep doing it. We get to keep doing it. It never has to stop. I never have to be the same person I was yesterday, ever. I don't have to if I don't want to. If there's good things, I can take them and I can carry them and I can make them better. Or if there's bad things, I can take them and I can say, see you later. That's in the past. But it's about having this top of mind. And that's why this podcast and that's why you guys and that's why um, sticking with the winners and going to meetings a lot really does keep this in the forefront of my brain because otherwise feelings just take over and and I don't I don't want to create my recreate myself because I don't like myself if that makes any it, sense it does well and, and and what you said to be able to do this for me the the 
the gift that I've given myself, the biggest gift is honesty. And that's the thing that I've discovered in the last month or so when I've started really examining um, where I am and what I want to do. Um, I have given myself the gift of honesty. And um, I feel like, I can, you know, I can do anything I want because as long as I'm honest and authentic, not hurting anybody else, I can. Tomorrow is a, a Scarlett O'Hara. Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. And you know what, Lynn, piggybacking off of that fear, I feel, you know, has a less of a stronghold. Mm-hmm. It's we can bring awareness to our fear that's preventing us from doing something that we want, or, you know, if we do want to create ourselves in a certain way and we're holding back for whatever reason, we can acknowledge, well, we can identify that it's fear either on our own because we're honest with ourselves or someone else will tell us, Oh, that sounds like a bunch of fear, Brie. What does fear stand for? Okay. Well, let's not do that then. Let's not go to fear. Let's walk through it together. And I think that's cool. You know, I think getting honest is a huge part of it that allows you to recreate. And then for me, that still comes back to self-awareness because then I didn't even realize Mm -hmm. how motivated by fear I was and not even motivated to change, motivated to stay the same. Like my motivation to just always be the same and always act the same. All of that was fear never wanting to be anything different or try anything different because change is scary. Well, and yeah. being paralyzed, right? Being paralyzed yeah. by... Yeah, I call it fear analysis. Yeah, yes. I like that one. I like that. fear analysis. Ooh, look at me. I'm a pretty little butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have to live that way anymore. What, as a pretty little butterfly? Yeah, I was going to say, why wouldn't we want to be a pretty little butterfly? Pretty little butterfly. Come on. (laughs) Come on, guys. COVID is a big chrysalis. You you went in a fat caterpillar and we're coming out beautiful butterflies. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that the, the, the thing about this time that we're all in is a great opportunity to do this work right? It is an opportunity to change our, our whole operating system. I know I have, and I, some of it isn't by choice and some of it is, but we can choose to, you know, it's hard to listen to people complain sometimes about it because, because it is, um, because most of the people that I hear complaining aren't in our program. Right. So, um, and they don't have these tools. They don't have this one day at a time. They get frustrated because they want things to change. And, and I, I personally think that a lot of us have been in this mode, this Amazon mode of we get what we want when we want it right away. And I can just buy it and it'll be fine. Right. And, and we can, we can just buy it and we can just do it and we can, but, but I think this is forcing a whole bunch of us all at once to be in our chrysalis and some of us are going to fly and some of us are going to fart. Yeah. Some of us are only going to come out with like (laughs) one of those half wing things. Like we didn't get all the way through the transition. My Allah is broken. Oh Oh, man. We've come full circle. Yes, we have. (laughs) I have a bunch of nuggets. Okay. Nugget up. I'm going to nug it up, girl. 
I think that uh, was my golden nugget was just let's let's nug it up. <laughs> Vicky said feeling contemplation change. Talk about the chrysalis. And um Bree, when you said having the space to with no consequence to explore who you, who you want to be, your you know, fly your freak flag. Um you, you can do that with no debt, no judgment. And that's a beautiful thing. I'll leave it at that. I think my big golden nugget was about honesty. Because when I thought about recreating myself, that was not the first thing that came to my mind. It just wasn't. I didn't even think about how great it is to be in an area around people we can be honest with. And what a gift it is to be honest with ourselves. And that is, I guess, a huge part of self-awareness, but I didn't label it as honesty in my mind. I labeled it as self-awareness. So that was my golden nugget today was how important honesty is for the recreation process. Yeah. I have a bunch written down too. And one of them was living an honest life. Um, but the other was Brie is almost the same thing that Lynn had, but I have a little different take on it. Learning how to fail, finding myself with friends, right? Learning how to fail, learning, learning how to accept my, my, uh, I don't know, change and knowing that I don't have to worry about people not accepting that. I love it. And I just had like three songs simultaneously go through my head. Um, Learning to Fly, Tom Petty, that 70s song, Honesty, and I can't remember all the lyrics to it. And there was one more song I just had, probably the Safety Dance. I love that you think in music song, like in songs, Lynn. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I feel like at least every other episode, Lynn says something about how we're, what we're, whatever we're talking about reminds her of us. song. <laughs> But I appreciate that. Maybe we should have definition corner and like song theme song corner. of the episode. Yeah, song, yeah, that will be the challenge is by the end of the episode, you have to come up with this song, the theme song for our episode. Well, this one would definitely be Tom Petty's Learning to Fly, I think. I'll have so, to look it up. So yeah. my question is, what does safety dance have to do with any of this? <laughs> I just like them without hats. <laughs> dun, 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 safety dance. Do you even know that song? I was just gonna say I I know the Spice Girls, so <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna have to look up Tom Petty, Honesty, and um, well, Honesty is really depressing because Honesty is. is like Honesty is such a lonely word. Oh. Mostly what I need from you. That's by Billy Joel, by the way. It sounded just yeah, like it, so I don't even like need to 70s. look it up now. Yeah, it's a 70s crooner, tearjerker. Yeah, so yeah. so that's that. So uh, what do we, anything, anything else we want to tell the people? No, um, I think we have been kind of talking about getting some guests on the show and um Think that's going to be happening soon but if anybody has um any special topics that they would like to hear about we would love to hear your suggestions and or you know if you, you want to be a guest anytime yeah, if you want to be a guest For, uh, first thought wrong we love that 
because we can zoom it up. And you know where you can find us, Instagram, Facebook, or you can email us. What are those handles, Bree? At Telling on Ourselves. Yes. And our email is tellingonourselves3 at gmail.com. So So. send us a note. Drop a line. Tell us how you created yourself. (laughs) And share, like, give us good ratings. And if you don't likey, walk away. Walk away, drop the mic, step away from the car, and walk away. Walk away. That's a song. Tribe out. Tribe out. Tribe out. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of Telling on Ourselves. Please rate, review, share, subscribe, download our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you want more Telling on Ourselves... Please find us and follow us and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Telling on Ourselves. Tribe out. <laughs>